the good news, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, while it's historically accurate, it means so much more to us. And I pray tonight that we would understand your ways better. So I pray, Father, that your spirit would work in our hearts. Pray that your spirit would work through Nathan. And your spirit would work through your word that we will be looking into. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. They told me that <clears throat> I'm not permitted to talk like this with the mic because it covers it. I can't talk like this with the mic because it's not enough. I have to hold it here. So I'm going to try my best to do that tonight um, and, and uh, speak properly in the mic. Supposed to. So, uh, my name is Nathan McCargo. I'm one of the elders here at Missio Day Church, um, and uh, my specific role is the elder in missiology. And so, um, this message tonight um, and the, se- the series that we are in, Gospel Culture, is something that um, I've been working on for a little while and, and um, wanted to walk through with you guys. Uh, we are in week three of Gospel Culture. Uh, So far, we have worked on our knowledge of God and who he is, his love and reasons for hope. We said that to know perfect love is to know a perfect God. It's the only way for you to know perfect love. We also walked through scripture. Um, that talked about reasons for hope, no matter what it is, someone who's depressed, down, someone who's having issues. We walk through all different scriptures that give um, help or assist in reasons of hope. We talked about um, two forms of knowledge, impersonal knowledge and personal knowledge. Impersonal knowledge is facts about someone or something. Personal knowledge is actually having an intimate knowledge of that person. I walked through my Google I Googled myself and walked through last week what I found on Google about me, uh, just facts about me from Google, um, and then talked a little bit more about what personal knowledge um, was. So we said then that, we ended last week really, uh, that um, to know God, um, I'm sorry, uh, we said ended last week that in order for us to know God, to know who God is, um, to know those reasons of hope, we must first have a personal knowledge of God, um, his love and, and the hope that he provides. For us to share those things with others, we have to have that knowledge first in and of ourselves. So over the next two weeks, we're going to take the knowledge that we've learned of God and his love, reasons for hope and all of those things. We're going to bring them down a little bit more applicational for us um, as a church and us as Christians. Um, And so it's my hope um, to do that, uh, take that knowledge and make it more applicable. But before we do that, I want to share a little bit more about me. Um, I've done this uh, every week thus far, and I'm going to do it again this week. So uh, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, grew up with two parents who believed in Jesus Christ. We went to church all the time. We did all of those things. Uh, one thing, uh, my house was not perfect. No home is. If you have to, if you look at any all the homes around you, you'd realize homes aren't perfect. There's always issues, always things going on. There is no perfect family. Um, and so one thing that my parents did, they had a strong belief in the word of God and, and reading the word of God. Uh, and one thing they encouraged us to do is actually understand who God was through his word on our own. They didn't want us to understand it through how they understood it. They want us to take the word, understand it for ourselves, not because they wanted us to, but because we wanted to ourselves. Uh, like most kids, uh, that was far from anything that I ever wanted to do. My goal was, hey, let's ride a bike, let's play video games, let's do all these things. Picking up a Bible and reading it, picking up a book and reading it for me was far from anything that I ever wanted to do. 
Um, it wasn't until I graduated from high school and I realized, oh, wait a minute, I can't coast on my parents' relationship with God. I can't coast on my Bible teaching that I gained in high school. I can't coast on my youth group anymore. There's no one there pushing me, prodding me. I have to actually understand and make a decision for myself to understand who God is so that way I can live out of that. So over my years of high school and early adulthood, I learned a number of what we call soul winning programs. Uh, these programs teach you what are called plans of salvation. That is a step by step plan um, to help someone understand what it means to be saved. So take an unsafe person to be saved. Um, the three programs that I learned was Romans Road. Um, I got a certificate in Operation J. Seuss. It's Operation Jerusalem, Judea, other most parts of the earth and evangelism explosion. The problem I found with these programs was that it was all about getting someone to a prayer or getting someone to um, make a decision on something. Um, and it was a lack of actual relationship, understanding a relationship with God and walking alongside of that person. So there was no walking alongside. There was no one anothering um, in that pro in those programs. So then I shifted my focus. I said, OK, well, we got to build relationships. So let's focus on relationships. Let's have conversations with people. Let's work that way around it and see how we do. Um, and so I did. I had generic conversations with people about church, about spiritual things, about whatever. Didn't really matter. And found the same issue. Never really got around to giving the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, found that I would just stay in surface level conversation. Never got to deeper things of God with anyone. Um, and so even friends of mine would be struggling with things. I'd give them like surface level, like it'll get better one day, all of those things. When I actually had in my hands the truth of the gospel, the real lasting hope that the gospel of Jesus Christ provides. Um, and so over the past few years here as an elder, um, elder missiology, I've been observing different conversations, talking with different people and so forth. And what I've noticed is um, we hear things like, oh, I get it. I get the gospel. I understand what it is. We serve others with the love of God. That's the gospel. Or let's engage them in cultural or worldview conversations. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Or let's be friendly. They'll sooner or later ask, who is God? Why, are you, why do you go to church every Sunday? Why do you do these things? That's when I realized the problem is not so much that we're having these conversations, not so much that um, we aren't willing to engage or serve others. The problem actually is that we don't actually know how to walk people towards Christ. So tonight, the question really is what we're going to go over and focus in on tonight is how to speak of God. How do we speak of God? What does it mean to speak of God? What do we how do we do so? And then how to navigate through the outcomes of speaking of God. So let's dive in. What does it mean to speak of God? I said speaking of God is also known as giving truth about who God is and, under, and understanding that and his gospel. The proper term actually is called evangelism. So then what is evangelism? Definition we're going to use for tonight is evangelism is teaching the gospel um, with an aim to persuade. Again, it's teaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, with an aim to persuade someone towards Christ. So let's break that down. Um, teaching. Teaching. We all know what teaching is. We send our kids to school. We've all been to school. Someone teaches us 
a point of knowledge. Their goal is to persuade us to understand that that piece of knowledge is true. So they're heralding or proclaiming or preaching something to us for us to understand, to either make a change or just grab that as a piece of knowledge. Um, so then we say, okay, gospel. So teaching gospel. The gospel is the message from God that leads to salvation. And so I'll walk you through the gospel very quick. God created a perfect world. We then jacked his world up. We broke it. This brokenness keeps us from a perfect God, his his and his eternal life. God then sent his only son to heal the brokenness for good. This is a free gift that's given to us for those who believe that these things are true. And the message is focused on salvation, not anything else. So it's not salvation and um, uh, doing good works or salvation and reading your Bible and praying. It's God gave the gift. We accept the gift, free gift of love. So so evangelism or speaking of God is then teaching the gospel with an aim. So a target, um, a hope or a desire or a goal to accomplish something. And that thing that we want to accomplish is persuade or convince or uh, convert someone to what we're trying to teach them. So evangelism is teaching the gospel with an aim to persuade um, someone to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's evangelism. But that doesn't quite cover a full speaking of God. That doesn't quite fully help someone understand. That's more of a step by step of what you're doing. That leaves out the actual relational aspects of life. That leaves out all of those things. So someone who's coming to you for whatever issue, that leaves those things out. That skips over their needs, their concerns. It skips over all of those things. Um, And it also skips over a more deeper view of who God is by leaving out all of those things. It's just saying, well, here's, here's all God is. That's that's not actually true. There's more to God than just his love through salvation. And so we have to dig in to what does it look like to fully speak of God? And so we fully speak of God by walking those whom we come in contact with through their brokenness with a view of God and his gospel. So to fully speak of God, fully talk of who he is, um, We do that by engaging those who we come in contact with and their brokenness. We connect them to a view of God and his gospel. This is teaching them the gospel with an aim to persuade. We're teaching them to turn, look at what's going on in their life and turn towards Christ. Let me give you an example. Um, The Bible talks about a woman caught in adultery. And so the woman caught in adultery, we would explain then that adultery is sin. We would also um, we would also explain that this sin is brokenness that we all share. We would explain that this sin separates her and all of us from a holy God. Others may condemn her for her sin, but God does not condemn her for her sin because he loves her. And he covered her sin by the death, burial and resurrection of her son, Jesus. He did this because he loves her and cares for her and wants her to understand that if she believes in him, he can then shift her from a broken life, a life to the life that is free, freely and abundantly lived. So that's how we would walk her through. We would understand, okay, yes, this is a deep sin. This is something serious. We wouldn't condemn her for that. We would then say, okay, well, here's what God is saying. God's saying, I love you enough to say, 
I, I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send him to cover your sin. I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to carry you through. That takes a lot. That conversation may be multiple conversations. That conversation may look all different ways for her. But that's the basis of having that conversation, not forgetting the need that she has, not forgetting to connect her to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So to fully speak of God, we engage people around us with God and his gospel in a way that would point them towards him. We get beyond the covering of of a need. So a lot of people say, "Okay, well, I'm just going to serve, 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 serve. I'm going to come here. I'm going to show up. I'm going to give give homeless people food. I'm going to do all these things. That's just covering a need Um, without connecting the gospel to that. That's all you're doing is covering a need. You skipped over that. So. We get to we get beyond the covering of a need. We get beyond just spiritual conversations. We get beyond just the lofty spiritual. Oh, I know the things are light and all these other things. We get beyond those type of conversations. We get beyond the cultural worldview conversations, and we actually hit the target of teaching God's gospel with an aim to persuade. So now we know how to fully speak of God. How how we do those things. We need to talk about how to handle and navigate through the outcome of results. A lot of time for people who go to speak of the gospel of Jesus Christ, they, um, they fear what someone's going to say to them. They fear rejection. They fear all of these different things. Um, and I think you're going to see as we walk through scripture here that um, we have a, a mis- misunderstanding of our role and a misunderstanding of God's role in when we go to speak of who God is um, and his gospel. So let's talk about some of those fears. Fear of speaking. So for a lot of us, a lot of us are not public speakers. I am not a public speaker. Um, I don't do public speaking well. Um, I try to do public speaking. and um, But um, I'm better one-on-one with people. I connect better with people one-on-one, but a lot of us fear speaking, fear speaking about something we know. Um, We fear rejection. We fear all um, just, just not people not connecting with us. We fear, um, we fear shame. We fear guilt. We fear all these things that things will come out. We may say something wrong, may get laughed at. We fear all those things. Um, And so when it comes to connecting someone with the gospel of Jesus Christ and understanding who God is, um, we have to understand that the power to speak is given to us by God. And we see this in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Matthew 20, 18 through 20. This is when Jesus is about to ascend back to heaven. So this is after his death, burial and resurrection. Um, he uh, comes back and asks the disciples to meet him at the Mount of Galilee, I believe. Um, and so he asked them to meet them there. They show up. He comes up um, and it says when Jesus came near, he spoke to them. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to do everything I have commanded you and remember that I'm always with you until the end of time. And so Jesus gives that power. He gave it the power to the disciples um, when he left, and he gives them the power to speak, to, to create disciples, to make followers of him, to teach them everything that they've learned. And so then there's shame. Um, and some people are ashamed of 
their relationship with God, which um, the relationship with God is good news. So there's really no need to be ashamed of good news. Um, and Romans 1.16 says, um, I'm not ashamed of the good news. It is God's power to save everyone who believes, Jews first and the Greek. So this good news that God has given us that we don't have to live a life um, in our brokenness, out of our brokenness. We can live a life free, abundantly. We can live a life um, in honor to him. We can also obtain eternal life so that when our bodies cease to exist, we will go to heaven with him. Those are the things. Those are all good news that people need to hear. And we don't have to be ashamed from that. We should speak that freely and say, listen, see you struggling. Listen, let me give you some good news. There's nothing to be ashamed of that. Um, And then Luke 9 says something that's pretty interesting um, about those who are ashamed. Luke 9, 26 says, if people are ashamed of me and what I say, the son of man will be ashamed, be ashamed of those people when he comes into the glory that he shares with the father and the holy angels. And so our ashamed, being ashamed of God, actually uh, God then will be ashamed of us. Um, and so that for me says, I, there's no reason for me to be ashamed. I have good news to share. I have good news to share with people. Um, and so I need to give that good news no matter what. So what about fear of questions? Um, a lot of us may not be knowledgeable or feel like we're knowledgeable about things. Um, and some of us aren't knowledgeable about things. Um, and so fear of questions is, is something a lot of times that comes up. Well, what if this person asks this and I don't understand uh, the full workings or to understand what they're asking or, or anything like that. Um, and so the Bible does talk about our fear of the questions that may come up and actually gives us some ways to help combat those questions. And so Second Timothy 2 says to uh, study to show yourself approved. Second Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as a tried and true worker who isn't ashamed to teach the word of truth correctly. So understanding the word of truth and connecting it um, with people and teaching it correctly. Um, So we have to open the Bible. We have to understand truth. We have to be able to uh, speak that. And so when questions arise, we're knowledgeable about what we're talking about. Um, And then 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 2 talks about being ready in season and out of season. 2 Timothy 2, 4, um, chapter 4, Verses one through two says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort and complete patience with complete patience and teaching. And so when you come up to a question or whatever, um, understand that the word of God has answers is able to speak. Um, It is mightier than a two-edged sword. The word of God is active, and so it will help guide you through. So then uh, another source of help for those who say, hey, I I may get a question I don't understand. Um, So then you build um, relationships by studying, studying the word of God together. So you have this person that says, hey, listen, this question for you. You're a Christian. This is what I, tell me about this. And you say, well, wait a minute. I don't we haven't really studied that. I haven't really go into it. How about we do it together? Let's look into the word together and see what, what we find. Um, and that's a great, great way to, to um, 
help answer questions and also help walk someone towards the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then God blesses us with a family around us, a family of God who all are studying the word of God and who can help us um, as we teach um, those who we're looking to um, bring to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So fear of rejection. There's three questions that I put up there for fear of rejection. Um, The first one is, who are they rejecting? If you're afraid of rejection, who are they actually rejecting when you're actually talking about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are they are they rejecting you as a person or are they actually just rejecting God and the truth of his word? So when it comes to that fear of rejection about you giving the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's really just a shift of understanding that I'm called to just give the gospel of Jesus Christ. If I get rejected, I'm not actually getting rejected. They're rejecting the truth of God's word. Who's doing the work? The work of calling someone that salvation is actually God, not us. A lot of times we put all the weight on like, oh, I got to have this person. I'm just, I got to get this person. This person, I'm trying to talk to them, trying to get them to understand who God is. All We put all this weight on us when actually God and his Holy Spirit is what is what brings someone. He brings people to himself and not us. So our job is just to speak, speak of God and his word. Whose message is it? It's not my message. It's God's message. It's not our message. It's a message that we speak, but we didn't make the message. God made the message. It's God's message. So when it comes to rejection, we don't have to fear rejection because one, it's not our message. Two, um, we are not doing the work. God's doing the work. And if they're going to reject, they're not rejecting us. They're actually rejecting God and his story. So then fear of no results. Um, a lot of us have friends and family members that we've been praying for um, and have been hopeful for many, many years and have been directing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and they just have not gotten to that point where they have accepted um, God and who he is and his love. Um, and so time in the unknown um, is something a lot of us fear. A lot of us fear uh, actually having conversations with people because we don't know. We don't know how long it's going to be. We don't know when they're actually going to understand that. We're excited about that because we know what the gospel of Jesus Christ means to us and means to those around us who actually have accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we don't know. And so God's word does not return void. Isaiah 55, 11 says, my word, which comes from my mouth, is like the rain and snow. It will not come back to me without results. It will accomplish whatever I want and achieve whatever I sent it to do. And so when we speak of the gospel of Jesus Christ with people and we're working with that person step by step, guiding them through towards Christ and helping them understand who God is and and why he loves them so much, um, we have to understand that that timing of all those things for them to come to full knowledge is actually God's work to do. And so I have two verses that I'd like to read. I'm actually going to read the first one, and then I'm going to have Justin come up and read the second one. Um, The first one is Jesus gave the instruction. We've read this already. So for us, Jesus gave the instruction of what we're supposed to do, where we're supposed to go. And he said to his disciples, which we are, we are them. um, He, he said, um, he spoke to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to do everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am always with you until the end of time. 
And so that's that is Jesus giving the instruction for what we are supposed to do. Uh, Justin's going to come and read Second uh, Corinthians four, and that is Paul, through the power of the Holy Spirit, gives an encouragement for those who are speaking the gospel or giving um, the word of truth. Second <clears throat> Corinthians four. I'm going to read the whole thing. It says this. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful and underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded their minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed, and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Thanks, Justin. And so our encouragement from Paul is that um, this is not easy. It's not easy living in a culture of that's counter to what majority of those around us are in um, and seeking to say, you know what, I have truth. I have answers here for the brokenness. I have answers for all of these things. A lot of times that means we will be slandered. A lot of times it means we will suffer, um, suffer uh, pain. We'll suffer all of those things. Um, we suffer persecution. But the truth of the matter is we've been given the hope. Um, and so therefore we speak. We've been given love, so therefore we speak. We've been given life, so therefore we speak. Um, And that's what Paul's encouragement is. No matter what, the end of it all, uh, we will go to glory with God. And so out of our personal knowledge of God, we are instructed to teach his gospel with the aim to persuade, to help someone understand that, listen, this world is not 
all there is. This world is coming to an end one day. Um, and I want to give you good news. I want you to understand the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we don't do this in our own power. We do this in the power um, that God gives, knowing that the work we do um, will not return void. So as we engage with others, wherever we go, we remember that we have we have missed the mark if we never fully get around to speaking of God and his gospel. And so we're going to shift to something that we do each week, um, and that is respond time. Um, and I, I put a couple questions down here uh, for our respond time. That's just a time to reflect on what we've just went over, what we've just learned, um, and have a conversation with God about those things. And so the questions that I put down here, um, I'm going to add a, another one in here. But the questions I put down there is, if I settled into a step-by-step plan, have I skipped over actually seeing people's needs have I skipped over actually caring for people in relationships and just have focused in on saying hey here's the step by step do these things get to yes hey I believe these things and let that be that have I not engaged them in a relationship have I actually cared for them the other second question is have I settled into relationship building in hopes that one day I'll get around to actually saying something about God um And so that one, talk to God about that one, too, and say, listen, is that where I'm settling? Have I actually not actually engaged someone well with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Um, And then who do I need to speak of God with? Who in my life do I actually need to engage with God and who he is? Um, And have I become discouraged? Have I become discouraged in the process of... um, winning people for the sake of Jesus Christ. And the last question um, that I wanted to ask is, um, and that's just simply, uh, a lot of these things may be terms and things that some of us may not understand. Um, We use terms in church people, we call it Christianese terms and things like that. Um, But if you have questions about any of these things, feel free. One, you can tweet them to AskMD, hashtag AskMDNJ. Um, But feel free to talk to anyone around you if you have questions about these things. What is the gospel? Why do we speak the gospel? Who God is? Why does he love me? All of those things. Um, Anyone be open to to, uh, talking with you. So what we'll do now is I will play for a little bit, spend some time talking to the Lord about um, the gospel, his gospel, his love. Um, talk with them about where you're kind of settling in at. If you're settling in with just a step-by-step plan, or you're settling in with engaging relationships, but never really connecting to God, uh, people to God. Um, if you're settling uh, with uh, just not speaking at all, um, and then talk with them about who you can speak with um, to engage um, with his gospel.